Wana asitiwe. Um, like I was telling the other services, I just remembered as I was driving through the gate that the first time I was invited here was 1983. So I've been coming for how many years? Who are the mathematicians? How long have I been coming here? How many years? 40 years. Uh, of course, most likely, the people I was preaching to in 1983 may be your parents. And I'm glad to be able to come back. Our discussion today is on sexual immorality, and I'll be emphasizing about perverted sexuality, perverted sexuality. In other words, there is nothing wrong with sexuality. God created us sexual beings. And in fact, there is something wrong with you if you are not sexually able to perform. <laughs> and like I was telling the earlier services, it, we require prayer and fasting for you if you discover you are not sexually okay. Are we together? So that's the first thing you must understand. There is nothing to repent about when you feel sexy. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to put it. So when a girl touches you or sits next to you and you feel goosebumps, you say, hallelujah, I'm normal. Now you need to understand. <laughs> because that, that's what is supposed to happen. A boy of your age, and a girl is squeezing you or embracing you, and you feel nothing, it's a very serious matter. <laughs> My sister, if a brother can come, embrace you, kiss you, and you feel nothing, please call, for, call us for prayer and fasting. There's something very serious today? Wrong. In other words, God created us sexual beings. And it's okay and normal. Can you imagine if all of us were not sexual? If you became, if you are not sexual, three consequences. Number one, we will not enjoy some of the things God wanted us to enjoy. Number two, it will, we will be the last people on earth. You know, they are, they are not going to be any children. I'm getting the point. Because sex is for procreation. God created sex for two things pleasure, and procreation. So if, they, if all of us are not interested in sex, have no capacity to do sex, that's the end of the human race. So I want you to understand we should not talk about sex as if it's a bad thing. When I was growing up in Kukuland, if you came to my village in the late 1950s, I used to hear people say, I didn't quite understand as a, as a young boy what they meant to say, so-and-so did wrong. Later I discovered waganu, or doing wrong, was actually sex. And some people grow up with that idea that if they do sex, they are doing something wrong. It's not biblical. Sex was created by God. So when you do sex, you are not doing something wrong. You are being biblical. Am I communicating? And that we understood. There are many Christian marriages that are suffering because the guy got married to a girl who was trained as a small girl. There's something wrong with sex. 
So you touch her, said, go, be holy. Now, you need to understand. <laughs> you need to understand that girl requires deliverance. Am I communicating? She requires deliverance. Because it's wrong. You are taught wrong. There is nothing wrong with sex. And you should not look at sex as wrong. That's my first point. Second point, we are not like animals. I don't even think animals enjoy sex. Why? When they do it, they have to do it. In fact, are there people from a rural area? Town people will not understand me. People from rural area, are we talking? When a cow is on heat, the owners of the cow are in trouble. Am I right? It will jump over fences. Rural boys, am I right? Very difficult to control animals. And you can't say the cow, cow, you are being immoral. No, the cow is not immoral. It is simply on heat. It can't stop itself. And it will jump until the, it reaches the neighbors where there is an oxen. That's why it's not a person. Animals are not immoral, and they are not moral, they are amoral. Amoral means they only do what the reflex tells them to do. And unfortunately, some human beings, and some are seated here, have become animals. When he looks at a girl, he goes on heat. Now, anything can happen. They rape, they say, why, are you, why did you become a rapist? I couldn't help it. I'm an animal. Now, you need to understand, that's not how God created us. God created us with the capacity to have sex when necessary at the time possible. Am I communicating? So sex perversion is determining to have sex when it's wrong. You are perverted. Because there's nothing wrong with sex, but you are perverting sex. So you understand human beings are very complex. I can be very hungry and I'm passing town and there's somebody with the chips. My stomach says, you are hungry. My stomach says, you will die. But my mind tells me I'm not a cow. I feel hungry, but I cannot steal other people's chips. So I'm hungry, I just go looking and watering and I pass on. That's human beings. They have capacity not to do wrong, even when they are tempted to do wrong. Similarly, a girl can come to your room with a dress too low from above and too high from below, wanting to get you into trouble. I'm talking about brothers. Are you here? But as soon as you see her, you see trouble. And you just tell her, Miss, Miss, Miss Trouble, why are you bringing your trouble to me? If she keeps coming, you just bypass her and go outside and leave her alone in your room. Because it's not that you have not been tempted. You are tempted, but you have determined I will not have sex with this prostitute. Because when a girl comes to you like that, her real title is prostitute. Because basically she is selling herself. That's why she is coming like that. And she wants to have sex with you. Upende? Usipende. It's the same thing with a girl selling herself, what is it, what's it calling, a sponsor. And some are seated here with sponsors. Shame on you. It's very important to understand when you, that is called perverted sex. Why? A sponsor means a person paying for sex. 
The real title of a sponsor is a person paying for sex. And people that are paid for sex are called, what are they called? Prostitutes. So any student with a sponsor, her real title is Madam Prostitute. Because she knows she is with that man because of his money. The man knows this girl has not interest in me. She's only interested in my money. But because what they're having is not sex the way God intended it, it's prostitution. It goes on. And you can't understand because she's a bright girl. You cannot make it to this university unless you are, if you are average IQ. Everyone who comes to campus is above average IQ. As clever as she is, she has become a prostitute. Because anybody with a sponsor is actually a prostitute. And the man knows. Knows he is very clear from his, from his um, uh, a public opinion. You know what, what that is. He can tell very well, this girl is not interested in me. But she's interested in my money. And even you, you don't cheat. If he comes and gives you, leaves you nothing, say, that's the last time I want to see you. I'm not just there to cheat me. What did you come with you today? And the Moses says, don't leave me, don't leave me. Here is more. Now, you need to understand as you are getting more, your real title is you are a prostitute. And God created us with the sex needs, but at, they can be fulfilled at the right time. In other words, you can wait. Like I was telling the earlier service, sex is not oxygen. We know it's oxygen. If you don't have it, you will die. But with the sex, you can wait 10 years to have sex. And by the time you have it, you'll still be biologically normal. It's important to understand, to understand that. So this service, we're talking defining perverted sex. Perverted sex is sex outside the original intention of God. And God's original intention is that sex will only be allowed to a person who has been joined by God. Like I was telling the earlier service, says, let what God has joined together, no man separate. What does that mean? Weddings is not done by the government. Wedding is not done by pastors. The only person who officiates a wedding is God. Not, it says, let, let what God has joined together. Not what parents have joined together. You can pay dowry, and your parents say, now it's okay, you can marry it, but you're not married until God joins you together. That's why you cannot call yourself a Christian and have sex before God had declared you man and wife, even if dowry is fully paid. That means when you go and the dowry is paid and the two families said you are married, you don't touch her. Unless, of course, you to want to go to hell. You wait until there is a man of God, on behalf of God, who declares you man and wife. And even if you have sex on the morning of the, on the, morning of the wedding, and you are marrying at one o'clock, but surely how can we wait? Now, if you do it that, <laughs> if you do it that morning, you are actually booking a location in hell. Am I communicating? <laughs> and yet, if you wait until 11 o'clock, and the man of God, and behalf of God, joins you together, if you do it at 3 o'clock, you go to heaven. Now, what has changed? God's commands. And God's commands are, near, are clear. Until you make a long-term commitment to a woman, you can't have sex with her. 
That means I, you can have a sex only with somebody, you are not free to leave. If you have sex with her and she's, she, she can't bear children, you stay with her. Am I communicating? You don't leave her. Pre barrenness cannot allow you to go for another woman to get a child. Because let what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So lack of children cannot allow you to divorce. Or you marry her and then discover she's not very good in bed. You still stay there. <laughs> Am I communicating? Because let what God has joined together is what you call a wedding. And needs to be understood. So what is perverted sex? Sex that is not with after the wedding day and is not with the person you are committed to. It's actually called perverted sex. And it will be important. And of course, you can have other names for perverted sex. It can be what we call casual sex. And when you talk about casual sex, you really are talking about sex without commitment. That's what we are calling casual sex. Sex without commitment. And people, even in campus, are do that. Some of them claim to be saved, but they are cohabiting. That's casual sex. Sex before you are pronounced man and wife is casual. You know something they call come we stay? If you are in a come we stay, be ready for come we go. Because you see, you came without plan, you also live without plan. And many people are here seated who have been dumped. Surely, I thought we are staying together. No, I was only in calm, we stay. Time has come for calm, we go. That's why you can't allow somebody to have sex with you until it is time for you to make a long-term commitment. And it's a very interesting thing that I want to have sex with you. If somebody says you want to have sex with you, say, wait, first of all, sign on the dotted line. You that, what am I signing? That you will never have sex with anybody else except me. And that it, until, it, is, it will be until death do us. But, no, but I want sex now. Not yet. The scriptures say you must have those signs on the dotted line. Not before that signature. Not before that prayer of commitment with the man of God are you allowed. Any sex after that is what we are calling casual sex. And it's what we are calling perverted, um, perverted sex or casual sex. You see, marriage is a lifetime, lifelong commitment to one person. The Bible says that marital sex is the only legal sex. Any other sex is a breaking of the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Because God wants a commitment before sex. Even if you are going to marry that girl later, any sex before the wedding is your casual sex. You know, you need to understand there's an issue here because what the Bible is actually saying is sex is a one-way traffic. You enter into the road and you can't change your direction. You are in a dual carriageway, isn't it? If you decide you are going to Nairobi, ah, sorry, I meant to go to Vika. <laughs> Even after you discover you want to go to Vika, you have to keep continue going to Nairobi. You know you are going the wrong direction, but you continue an exit. The U.S. are not called roundabouts. What are they called? Exit. Are they called exit? 
So until the next exit. And the next exit may be accurate five kilometers away. Am I right? You know, I was going to, I was going to, I was preaching one of the evenings in Kenyatta University. And then I was getting late. And then there was a, there's a jam there as people are going to Kawasukari. So I decided I wanted to overtake them. Only to discover in between there is a pavement. That means by going to this way, I must now go to Azika. I saw the gate and I'm getting late. But I can't go in. I was with a friend of mine. We kept going until Roiru. <laughs> Knowing very well we are getting late, but there was no way of coming out. There was no exit. Then we finally got an exit at the, um, at the bypass. Went underneath, turned around, started coming back all the way back, and then down, and then back. That's marriage. One-way traffic. And you, once you enter it, <laughs> you stay there until the exit. And the exit is called death. That's why it's not something you run to. That's why God gave us the capacity to feel like I want to sex with this woman and yet wait for another 20 years. Because the moment you agree to commit, even if it's the wrong, you have committed yourself to a lioness, you just have to pray for ability to habitate. Because <laughs> you must stay with your lioness until death do us part. That's why I don't encourage young people to just jump into marriage. Something you know has, you know, if you are entering a car without a reverse gear, you had better be sure it's facing the right direction. And the manufacturer of marriage created a car without reverse gear. So you need to understand, sex and marriage are related. If you want sex, what you actually want is marriage. If you want marriage, what you want is actually sex. I can't marry you. We are now married. I touch you. Say, no, not now. Not now, surely. Why are you getting married? <laughs> Am I communicating? Sex and marriage are together. So if you want marriage, you want sex. If you want sex, you want? Put it the way I put it earlier. It just means my sister. If you want to be a mother, you want to be married. Because you cannot have a child without getting married unless you want to go to hell. Am I communicating? So if you have mother instinct, hold it until you get a man to marry. And when you marry him, even if you discover he, is not, he has no capacity to give you a child, you stay there. Remember, you have taken the wrong road, but you must go on it. Until death do us part. So it's very important to understand those basics. Because a lot of the immorality is coming because people do not want to follow God's command. So casual sex, we have better come out very clearly. It's not right. You know, casual sex is using somebody as an instrument because then you have no commitment. Anybody who wants sex with you before they get wedded are actually manipulating you. They are misusing you. Because like I was telling the earlier service, a wedding is not expensive. A wedding is simply during, you can ask the pastor to marry you on a Saturday service. Just before the sermon, tell him, wed me. The same way they dedicate children in churches. It will not take more than five or seven, eight minutes. You make the vows. Then he, you, after the vows, he prays for you. He prays man and wife. You are married. The fact that you give us tea, no tea, but you greet us after the, after the church service, you greet us. But if you don't give us anything else, you are still properly married. 
Of course, if you want to give us later tea, you can call us after four years of wedding. Now you are properly uh, liquid. Give us a tea, we'll take it. But you don't tie with the wedding reception with the wedding. It's not the wedding. Don't imagine the cost of having a Mercedes at the wedding. It's not the wedding. Wedding is simply being in church with witnesses, allowing a man of God to pronounce you, to pray for you, and you make a commitment before God. Remember, wedding is a commitment. The wife commits, the husband commits, until death do us part, he prays for you. That is the way God joins you together. If you don't want that, you shouldn't want. If you don't want to be committed to a man, please give up wanting children. Am I communicating? My young man, if you are not ready to be a father, forget about getting married. Are we together? Because the reason for marriage is sex. And sex is for procreation and pleasure. Not one without the other. It's both. Am I communicating? So you cannot get married. And your wife wants children. You say, no, 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 no. Me, I never committed to children. No. God's arrangement for marriage was procreation. And you need to understand that. You know, a lot of the perversion that follows, where men want to marry men, knowing they can't get children, is because they have redefined God's idea about sex. And I think that will be something that's important. And um, we need to deal with, deal with that. Let me just be, be, be a bit with LGBTQ. Somebody ask, is it okay to be gay? Ask it differently. Is it right to be bisexual? Is it okay to be transgender? Can you be both and still be Christian? Really? I realize I don't have enough time, but I'm, I'm asking Mr. Karanja, the CEO chairman, to read for me, if he doesn't, he doesn't mind, First uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. And after he has read First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, he read for me First Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, and First Timothy chapter 1, verse 10. But God has already dealt with this subject. There are six there are at least five, five, six verses that we read this. Number one, look at Genesis chapter one and two. Please note, when God wanted to start idea of marriage and sex, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Am I communicating? Yeah, because Adam was there. God had the capacity of creating another Adam or Steve. But instead, he created a woman. In other words, he pronounced, men cannot have sex with men. Because he, he, had, he had the right, but he is the one who determined. So when a man wants to have sex with a man, he is actually drawing insults on God. God, you didn't think properly. Women are not good for sex. I want to have sex with a man. Why? I am the creator like you. You are dethroning God from his creation story. You cannot have sex with another man, my brother, without insulting God. You cannot have lesbianism as a way of insulting God. Because God had the capacity of killing Adam and building another Eve. No, instead, he wanted Eve to be appropriate for Adam. So you understand, right from the creation story, that God decreed that the people to have sex and be married 
had to be people of different gender. Then in Genesis 19, <laughs> he, he wanted it clear how much he hates men who want to dethrone him. Where, you know the story of Lot, isn't it? And he is there, but those people were so immoral. They got, they got tired of having immorality between men and women. They started having sex with men. When they saw angels and they looked like beautiful men, I don't, men, I don't, I don't know if they had some more beautiful, they came demanding to have sex with angels. You know the story, isn't it? And God said, these are not the kind of pembereza. All of them are exterminated. Sodom and Gomorrah do not exist. As a way of God showing you how much he hates LGBTQ. So you can have it, you can have legality, but you know we are not talking about legality. We are talking about spirituality. And God is very clear in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. The key thing is, as we see them, they were involved in, in fact now these days, when a man sleeps with a man, we call it sodomy. I'm, 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 so he says he's a sodomite. It means he's a person who is having sex. So you need to understand. Remember, no discussion here is saying that a man cannot be sexually attracted to another man. We are saying you are not a cow on it. You can stop yourself. Am I communicating? You can stop yourself. So the fact that you have an interest, you are a woman, and you want to have sex with another woman, so far, no problem. But you are not a cow. You can stop yourself saying, God created women to marry men. I know I'm interested in other, that girl, but I will not encourage it. I will not go that route. You know, people think, oh, what can I do? My friend, there's no difference between a lesbian, a woman getting attracted to another woman, and you getting attracted to another girl in your class. And that feeling, no, no, I can't wait, I can't wait. But we are not married, no, 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 I can't wait. The same thing, and that's why I'm grouping all of them in sexual perversion. So if you can stop yourself raping a girl in this university, you can stop yourself from sleeping with another man. Men, are you hearing me? Because God has given you a capacity, he has not given animals. But you see, animals are interesting. They, they, you never hear of, of homosexuality among animals. Because it's not, they are not rebellious to God. They obey him. Am I communicating? So you need to understand that. And that needs to be clear. We are, I repeat myself, we are not suggesting that men cannot be sexually attracted to each other. We are saying because they are human beings created in the image of God, they will not disobey God. They will stop themselves. But I feel like sleeping with him. Yes, you feel, but you are in charge. The same thing. You are a married man. And there is another girl who is hunting you down. You have the capacity of refusing to sleep with her. But then she is throwing herself on you. Even you, you feel like, after all, last night, you, your wife refused you. But that is irrelevant. You are not a cow. You can say no, despite all the circumstances, being right for having sex. You say, no, no, no. I don't want to disobey God. Am I clear? So when you talk about homosexuality, we are not talking about homosexuality. We are talking about immorality. All immorality is a sign of disobeying God. And that's what Sodom was all about. And you can, you can go on to Leviticus chapter 18, verse 22. And also Leviticus 20, verse 13. The Bible is saying, 
when a man wants to have sex with another man, it's an abomination. What's an abomination? Something that annoys God and something that attracts God's wrath. So it should be clear. Remember, just like we don't hate women who are uh, sexually active and they are not yet married, we don't hate them. We correct them. Similarly, we don't hate homosexuals. We love them, but hate the sin. Am I communicating? Do not ever imagine the moment you hear we are talking about against homosexuality. We are not talking about against homosexuals. We are talking about homosexuality. It is what is wrong. The human beings themselves. The other day I went to the internet to check are there people giving testimonies about being rescued from homosexuality. There are lots of testimonies of former homosexuals who have given their life to Christ and God has rescued them from the life of homosexuality. The same way God can save prostitutes, he can also save homosexuals. Because God loves homosexuals. God wants to save homosexuals. God loves lesbians. He wants to save them. All LGBTQ, whatever letter you want to place yourself in, plus the letters as you're increasing. Whichever one you use, remember God loves you. And he wants to save you. The only thing is you must be willing to come to him, repent of your past. He will forgive you. Then he will give you the capacity to say no to sexual attractions outside God's will. And a sexual attraction on God's will is getting attracted to a woman you are not married to, getting attracted to another man. All of them are all sexual perversions. And God will give you the capacity to actually say no. So, he is in Leviticus chapter 18. I want you to go and read these verses for yourself. He is actually saying an abomination. Then earlier, we read Romans chapter 1. And he says, one of the ways of knowing that you really are lost, when God gave up on them, the men started wanting to have sex with, did you remember us reading that? So you need to understand that we cannot, we don't have to look around. Romans chapter 1 says, one of the marks of a given up people, where God is no longer present among them, is people do not get attracted to the opposite sex. They got attracted to each other. It's a sign that God has left you to your own devices. At the moment you are now involved in homosexuality, please remember you have taken the route to hell. And if you read Romans chapter 1 from verse 18, it's a downward thread all the way to destruction. And you need to understand that sexual perversion is a route down to destruction. And it's important to, under, to understand that. Then I want to ask Brother Karanja to just Nelson to come and read for us 1 Corinthians 6 and 1 Timothy 1.10. Do you have another mic? Or you come and pick mine. So let's turn to First Corinthians chapter one, chapter six, verse nine. Um, and the Bible says, "Or do you not know that the wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the Sexually immoral, or idolatry, idolaters, nor idolaters, 
nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men. And continues, nor thieves, nor greed, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor stradras, nor swedras will inherit the kingdom of God. Just, just a moment. Did you hear the list you are still going to read? The other one. Saying homosexual is in a category that's listed. You can be a sexually immoral, you can be a, a worshiper of idols, you can be a dadotara, um, you, can, you can be a thief, you can be greedy, you can be drunkard, you can be a slanderer, you can be a swindler. We normally call them cornermen. All of them are in one category. If you're homosexual and a swindler, you go to the same hell, same temperature. It will not matter. <laughs> it will not matter. You, you are, me, I never do anything wrong to anybody. Um, let's also turn to First Timothy verse one, uh, chapter one, verse ten. First Timothy chapter one, verse ten. And the Bible says that for the sexually immoral, for those practicing homosexuality, for those, for the slave traders, for the liars, the pre-jurors, and for whatever else is in contrary the South Doctrine, and that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. Again, a long list. Just listen to the, to the list. Um, the, the, the unholy, talking about the, the ring. We also know that the law is made up righteous for lawbreakers, rebels, ungodly, sinful, unholy, irreligious, People who kill their fathers, I know you have not done that, but you are still in the same category. Or kill their mothers, or murderers generally, or sexually immoral, or people who practice homosexuality. They are all in one group, the perjurers, all in one group, going to the same hell, same temperature. Thank you very much. Can you see how clear the word of God is? Yeah, there are people who actually, the other day, I think it was in Zimbabwe, they started a church for homosexuals. I was in South Africa when I saw a book written, God's Alien, or rather, Aliens in God's Church. And the forward is written by Desmond Tutu. His argument. After South Africa won independence, the next fight is for homosexuals to be mainstreamed in the church. And that's a bishop of a church saying, what do you do with the verses? One thing that must be clear is you must never be hard calling yourself a Christian and hating homosexuals. But you must hate homosexuality. You must never be hard uh, talking against sinners. But you must be clear against sin. The two are not the same. Every time we talk against homosexuality, people say we hate them. But surely we also talk about stealing and it's bad. But the thieves never come telling us we hate them. I'm not communicating. We talk about prostitutes being bad, but the prostitutes don't say we hate them. So why homosexuals think when you talk against homosexuality, we hate homosexuals? They're just misinterpreting for their own sake. We are clear. The church loves homosexuals because the Jesus, who is the founder of the church, loves homosexuals. But he is very clear in his word. If you insist on remaining homosexual, he will take you to hell, not because he wants to send you to hell, but you have made choices. And choices have 
consequences. So my brother needs to be absolutely clear. Sex perversion is not something that will, will not give you a lot, of, a lot of trouble. You know, one of the things they do is what I call proof texting. The Opadia defines proof texting as the method by which a person appeals to a biblical text to prove or justify theological position without regard to the context of the passage they are guiding. So each one of these verses I've given you, the book I told you, the Elias the God Church have gone chapter by chapter, each verse, trying to show it is being interpreted. In fact, they say, for example, in Sodom, what was the problem was not that they were sleeping, men were sleeping with men, but they were dealing with visitors. You should be kind to your visitors. They are trying to remove the context. You know what it means? It's called proof texting. They take every, every verse. But you know, they can't change it. And in fact, you are being evil in doing that. You know, Jesus holds up the creation story in Genesis, not as a quaint Sunday school lesson, but authoritative, reminding us that God created each of us, male and female. In fact, in Genesis chapter 5, he repeats it. He made them male and female. That's why you must be clear. A woman can never be a man, and a man can never be a woman. God deliberately made them different. That's why you hear people saying, whatever a man can do, a woman can do even better. It's, you can't be a Christian and talk like that. <laughs> because there are things women were made to do, men cannot. And there are many things men were made to do, he made us different. For example, no woman has the capacity to impregnate anybody. Even if she tries. So when you say, whatever a man can do, a woman can do, now, my friend, try to impregnate and discover. That's when you know you are not a, you are not a, a woman. You're only pretending to be a woman. A real woman has no capacity to impregnate anybody. Am I right? Yeah, and men too. We like children. <laughs> but if you don't get a wife, will you get children? No. God made us different. That's why he cannot allow men marrying men or women marrying men. We were meant to be with one another, to complement each other. We have differences. Of course, there are things which men can do and women can do, but there will still be things. So it's a foolish thing. The, prob the problem is that you hear a whole professor repeating a nonsense like that. That a man, whatever a man can do, a woman can do. How? Can't you see his nonsense? God never created. Of course, if it is getting a degree, a girl can get a degree, a woman can, a woman can get a degree, a man can get a degree, but is that the only thing available? So you need to understand clear. We must understand Genesis saying he made them male and female. And because he did not consult you before creating you, my sister, be happy to be a woman. My brother, he never consulted you about making you a man. He made you a man. Upende? So these men who are trying to wear like women, you know, sometimes you are in a queue and you can't tell when finally he turns, you realize it's a man with a beard. But the way he is dressed, the way the hair is done, you know you are following a woman until he turns. My friend, you should know God made you a man and you should not apologize about being a man. In fact, the word of God is saying, don't wear like a woman. You should be proud to be a man so you don't wear like a woman. Even clothing. You are not allowed to look like a man, my sister. 
be a woman and happy to be a woman. I've just written a book on spiritual disciplines, which we can get from focus. And one subject is gender. Be proud of your gender. It's a spiritual discipline. The moment you stop being happy about your gender, you will soon end up as homosexual. You must be happy to be who you are. Because God never consulted you in determining. Both Jesus and all the scriptures approve no other sexual union except husband and wife. And that is clear of Christian history. And it's very, very important that we, we, understand, we understand that. You know, wrong view of sex is the only one that could justify LGBTQ. It's a new and cultural peculiar idea that human sexuality is all about intimacy and pleasure, but not necessarily babies. So that's why you can say, I, I, I'll, I'll sleep with another woman, but you will get pleasure, but you can you get a child. God's intention is sex will be how you produce children. So how can you end up with sex and you're not interested in making babies? It is a new and cultural peculiar idea then to actually want sex and you don't want children. To establish, to establish sexual relationship without any interest or openness to babies is contrary to God's intention. You can be married and God doesn't give you children. That is his prerogative. But you should intend to have children as you marry. That's the way to continue the human race. The other day I was in a church and told them it's a part of the biological church growth. If Christians decide, decide that they will get married and not have children, or they will allow homosexuality in church, Christianity will die. Have you heard what the, the Muslims are saying in France? They are saying in 20 years, the president of France will be a Muslim. And they are not going to fight. They are saying there will be no revolution, biological. The white people are, having, are becoming homosexuals, therefore many of them are not getting children. Ah, those who get children are getting one. That means for every 100 people, next generation will be 50. So they are dropping the population by 50%. Then the Muslims are getting four wives with six children each. Now, <laughs> and in 20 years, they are going to vote. Am I communicating? Can you see it's not complicated? When Christians do not get children, Christianity will end. I call it biological church growth. So you must be interested in marriage, but it must include interest in children. And if you're interested in children, you can see homosexuality will not play any role at all. We all have some manner of sexual drives. That's how to know that you are biologically normal. But you must not disobey God's design for sexuality. Let's agree. Temptation is universal. But remember, temptation is not sin. And I talked about it earlier. That having an interest in having you being, being sexually attracted to another man is itself a temptation, not a sin. The moment you realize it, you ask God for help and you do not relate with that man again. There's nothing wrong at that time. Temptation is not sin. Scripture tells us that Jesus was tempted. Himself was tempted in all ways, yet he never sinned. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. Sexual sin is giving in Sexual sin is when you give in to the desire to disobey God. You know, let's be clear. 
sex is an, something exclusive. For married Christians, sex is exclusive to only one spouse. For single, or the engaged, or even divorced Christians, or widows where the spouse has died, sex, you deal with it with abstinence. No sex is allowed if you are not married. Christians have long understood that fairness is not really a, a godly question. It's not fair, God. I have sex needs. You are not giving me a husband. Surely it's not fair. You know, the moment you agree to become a Christian, you do what God wants. Upende? Usipende. That's why you cannot be driven by pleasure. Sex is not a right. Sex is a gift. And there are many other gifts God gives, but not to everyone. Even coming to this campus, there are many, many young people work harder than you, but they did not get a C plus. Am I right? So you are here not as a right, but as a gift from God. That's why you came to the university. It's a gift of God. Because you did not work harder than some people who only got a C. Or got a, a C plus, but there was no university accepting them. Many, many things. You have to come to where you enjoy what God allows. And thank him that some things he has put away from your, from your, from your ability to enjoy or to, to live with. And I think that will, be, that will be important. You see, when I talk about sex perversion, I'm also talking about masturbation. What is masturbation? Sex with yourself is what is masturbation. It is wanting to enjoy sex without signing on the dotted line. Ah, me, I don't come on to go. Women are dead. I don't want to have sex but without women. So you have sex with yourself. It's called masturbation. In this instance, you are not misusing others. You are actually misusing yourself. And obviously, you know a guy condemned in the Bible who tried to have sex with a woman, then poured his semen outside because it didn't please the Lord. You need to understand masturbation is unbiblical. You cannot want to enjoy sex without a person of the other sex. If you want to enjoy sex alone, which is masturbation, three problems. Number one, the word of God is saying, if you last, you have already committed adultery. Are we together? That's what Jesus said. In the Old Testament, you are told, thou shalt not commit adultery. I'm changing the rule. You must not think about it. Masturbation is actually thinking about sex. That's how you enjoy it, because you are thinking about sex with a woman, but to doing it with yourself. So it can't be the Bible will not allow. Number two, when you masturbate, you need to understand that you are left with the guilt, because you know you are doing what is wrong. And that guilt could lead you even to suicide. Number three, masturbation prepares you for destruction of your own marriage. You got used to masturbating as a girl, and this man is disturbing you. You can enjoy what he is giving you without him. So you, every time the, your husband says, is it tonight? No. And you almost make a chorus of? No. And you think you are going to heaven? Which heaven? Because you are replacing your husband with masturbation. And it all started when you are young. And you have become addicted to it. That you get a sexual release without obeying the scriptures. You need to understand that's a sex perversion. You can't. 
you, if you want sex, get married. And until the wedding day, stay chaste. Don't get involved. But masturbation is evil. And I've given you the reasoning. And we need to understand, to understand that. I've also told you clearly, and I'm coming to us closing, homosexuality is a sin. Let me repeat what we read earlier. Romans 1.26. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. And I also quoted Leviticus 18 earlier, verse 22. Do not lie with a man as one lies with a woman. That is detestable. Earlier I called it abomination. All of this is condemning homosexuality. It's a characteristic of a depraved man, a man whom God has given up on. Sex is only, I repeat, allowed with members of all the sex and only after a long-term commitment, which we call a wedding. As I finish, uh, I was given some time and I'm just about through. Let me say a few things as I was finishing. To avoid immorality, first, regard the lasting thought in your mind as sin. The desire for a man to sleep with a man is a sin. When you regard it in the mind, it will not happen in your body. And that's why it's very important to understand the battle is lost and won at the mind. The moment you give in in the mind, you end up in pornography, then end up in masturbation, and you are preparing yourself for the real thing. You know, Matthew chapter 5, which I've been quoting, says, verse 27, you have heard it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to last for her has already, not was tempted, but has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Remember, the word of God is clear. It's not if you sleep with her. It's only if you look at her. Not that you have been tempted, but you have already committed adultery. That's why I'm emphasizing. The moment you agree that sexual thoughts, pornography, is accurate, as sinful as accurate sleeping with a woman, you end up having victory. And once you have victory in the mind, there's no way you end up with perfect sex. Number two, and I'm summarizing, please accept biology. God created us to want sex. When you embrace a girl and your body's temperature starts to rise, start by saying thank you. I'm biologically normal. So that's what you need to understand. So the moment you know you are normal, then you cannot allow a boy to start chatting your shoulders and then he is now going to lower and lower lower. Now, unless you know you are not biologically, okay, my sister. If you are biologically okay and you know it, the moment he touches you, you take him hand down. Let's talk. What is it you are saying? Your hands don't talk. Your mouth does. Now, just talk. Am I communicating? Why are you doing that? Because even if the boy is not biologically okay, you, you are biologically okay. So you can't allow the boy to continue. So that's the second thing. Please know your biology. And once you know you are biologically okay, you're not up there. Many people, including Christians, who have ended up getting pregnancy, you talk to them. They never intended to get into it, but they mistook their biology. Somebody came, came to visit them after campus, came to their house, and the house has three bedrooms, 
They say, why bother? We are saved, I'm saved. You will stay in that bedroom, I will stay in this bedroom. And there are just the two of them. They forgot that they are biologically okay. Somewhere around 3 a.m., biology worked. Now she is pregnant. But there was no intention, and she cannot even feel, feel she did not even enjoy it. She was drowsy, but she still got pregnant. You need to understand, know your biology. Are we together? You know your biology. It will help you to keep from sexual perversion. Number three, please never overestimate your ability to control us. Oh, me, I'm strong. I can't give in. Lie. If you are biologically okay, you must run away. In, the, in fact, the Bible doesn't say run. It says flee from sexual lust. That means the moment you see yourself in a place that you could be compromised, you don't wait to be compromised. Get that brother out of your house. It's getting to, it's getting to 7 o'clock. He has not told you where you'll sleep. There's no hotel nearby. How did you allow him to go beyond 6 o'clock? If he doesn't want to ask for neighbors to come to throw him, out. That is if you want to go to heaven. Am I communicating? And it will be important. Next, obey God's command fully without excuses. That's what he started with in the first service. The devil always said, did God really say that? And the word of God must become your guide. If you truly want to know God, then the word of God must be obeyed. You must stop having a worldview. World worldview. You must keep to the biblical worldview. How do you get your, a biblical worldview? By saturating yourself with God's word. The psalmist says, the word have I, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Do you want to avoid God, uh, perversion? Hide God's word. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your other nature. That's what Colossians 3.5 is saying, and Corinthians 3.16 is saying the same. Put to death, kill the things that are causing you to want to sleep with, an, with a man or a woman or with somebody of the same gender. Kill it. Remember, there is nothing as safe sex. So the fact that you have condoms does not make it safe. Because it's safe for you not to get HIV, and not, that's not even safe enough. But it will not be a way of protecting yourself from going to hell. Condoms don't prevent you from going to hell. You know, some, it's even some parents, once they realize you have now become a university student, some of the things they pack for you are condoms. They know you are going to be sexually active, so they are telling you to be wise. Those are very foolish parents. I'm not insulting your parent, but they are foolish. Let's, let's admit. Why? You knew your parents don't want you to be sexually active. They are born again. Then they give you sex. What are they telling you? <laughs> Although you see us saved, <laughs> we still had sex. And since you're also like us, you'll have sex. They don't believe in the power of Jesus to protect you from sin. That's why you carry sex. My brother, if you carry sex, uh, rather condoms in your, in your box, it's a way of telling the devil, I'm ready. When is the time? <laughs> because basically, you have no intention of running away from sin. You, you want to allow sin, but you want to protect yourself from HIV and pregnancy. But how will you protect yourself from God who sees what you, are, what you are doing? I think it will be important for you to understand what we are talking about. My prayer is that the Lord will talk to you. Four things, and I'm finishing. Number one, you must get born again. Even if you are not sexually active, 
<laughs> if you are not a Christian, you still go to hell. Why? Because of rejecting the blood of Jesus. So if you are here not born again, and you say, me, I don't have that problem you are talking about. I don't sleep with the girls, I don't. Maybe because you are not biologically okay. But whatever the reason, it's important to understand when we get saved, according to Galatians 5.22, he gives us his spirit, and the fruit of the spirit is self-control. So I would like to encourage you to get born again. Number two, if you actually are born again, and you are sexually active, and yet you have not yet been wedded, God has not joined you together, please call it sin. And I'd like before you leave here to tell the Lord, sorry, I don't want to go to hell. I want your forgiveness. The good thing is, if you repent, God will forgive you. Thirdly and importantly, once you have made that decision, whoever is your sex partner, either in homosexuality or whatever, you must be ready to send him a text and say it is now over. Not that let's have a meeting to discuss. You don't discuss to go to hell. Am I communicating? You tell him it's now over. God has talked to me and he does not allow negotiations of the matter. His word is final. Let the people who are, whom you are involved with, is it, is it, your, is it your, 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 your sponsor? Tell him, don't bother driving to Juja again. I'm not available. The Lord has talked to me. Are we together? And finally, seek to walk in righteousness. Reading the word of God daily. That's why I wrote that book on spirituality, spiritual disciplines. Become this. What is discipline? Discipline is what you do, not because you enjoy doing it, but because it's the right thing to do. That's why you call it discipline. A disciplined person is not a person, we don't come from discipline because they are eating. It is somebody who stops himself eating even when the stomach is asking for more food. Hey, you are disciplined. Discipline is the ability to do the right thing even when the temptations are telling you to do otherwise. Choose to be committed and to be disciplined to walk with the Lord. Let us pray. Before I pray for you, I want you to pray for yourself. Here in the I think we 